You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. I'm slightly more depressed than I normally am, David, because of a crime story that has sort of hit me quite hard because it's an area that I knew quite well. But we'll talk about that at the end instead of football. But let's go through what has been a busy day for South African companies on the JSC Securities Exchange. Old Mutual Limited, the reviewed interim results for the six months ended June. You were the person that once said to me, Lindsay, all I do is I read the introduction, Uh then I read the conclusion, and the 220 pages in the middle, uh, I have to go through when I'm really, (laughs) really bored. But I mean, that was in the old days when Old Mutual was a a different company, but still quite complicated. Very complicated. It's very, you know, insurers are extremely difficult to understand and uh, particularly because of the complexity of the of the instruments that they, they sell. And uh, it requires life tables, all kinds of different stats. So understanding whether or not they're making money uh, can be difficult. I think I, I look, uh, I, I do very simple exercises. I say, what's the economy growing at? You know, if it's only growing at about a half a percent or not growing at all, um, if consumers are under pressure, uh, if the stock market's going nowhere, that hardly provides a backdrop for uh, anybody to make money or for Old Neutral or Sunlum or Discovery or any of the insurers or people who sell products to make money. Mm. And uh, the, the only way you can make money is by stealing clients from somebody else, you know. The the size of the cake is limited. So I think regardless of what they say, regardless of all the the, um, PR that they give you about how well they're doing, it's it's very, very difficult to try and uh, get excited about. And there was one number that I looked at, and that was the new business or, uh, sorry, in their case, I think, how did they describe it? The results from operations, you know, and that was up about 2%. Yes. And that tells you uh, that tells you you know about uh, where they are. Look, also they're having so many squabbles now between Peter Moyo and the board, and that's not doing them any uh, you know any good at all. So no. the, the shares, I don't know. The, I think the, the whole market's down for whatever reason today, and Old Mutual you know, down two percent. I don't think that's um, that's bad, but they have come down quite dramatically over the last couple of weeks. It's losing its credibility, in yeah. my point of view. The funds that it runs have, have been universally pilloried mm. on, on social media, but the introductory statement to a set of results should not say this. The 10% increase in AHE, some people don't know yes. what, yes. what no. AHE is. <laughs> Just spell it out. I, mean, I don't know. You, I, I have to keep going looking it up. It's not Twitter. It's, you don't have a finite amount of uh, words. Uh, so call it yeah. adjusted headline earnings. I think that's what uh, it means. Demonstrates uh, the resilience, etc. Mm. And it says, we continue to make progress in, in delivering our IT, obviously investment mm. technology, refresh, and we now have over 122 mm. bots in employment. Now, mm. to me, no. that is undignified. Mm. And oh, no. I don't know, know what a bot is. Well, <laughs> is that a robot? Or well, it's, a, it's a short for robot. Yeah, people can't say a, yeah. a full word anymore. Mm. They have to have an acronym or they have to shorten mm. it. So you're going to be a, a vid hero yeah, in, the, in the future rather than David Shapiro. Yeah. Mm. It's laziness and, if you keep going and it's down, bad form. Mm. Shame on you, old mutual. If you keep going down, yeah, the same thing, fum, you know, which are funds under management, life, APE sales. You know, you shouldn't assume 
the one thing that uh, in, in our industry, and we try to do it on even when we talk, you know, when I talk to you yes. or when others talk to you, hopefully, we try to keep it simple so that people know what we're talking about. And you have to assume that the people who are listening, you know, who are reading your results or alternatively listening to the show yes. are not attuned to all those uh, acronyms and various other yeah. um, aspects of it. So you've got to explain in very easy to understand terms. Did the company make a profit? Did they not make a profit? Where did they make it? And so on. The, and the, the, it's very arrogant. It is arrogant. arrogant. And I blame, I blame right. the PR people. I blame the PR people and investor relations people, uh, you know, for not, uh, you know, for, for not dumbing down uh, the numbers. Yes, I mean, luckily, I am pretty dumb. So I sound as though I'm clever because I ask people, say, well, just explain uh, for the people mm. that are viewing or listening exactly what yeah. that means. But I'm doing it for myself because yeah. I don't understand AHE. Come on now, what's a bot? Why yeah. is Old Mutual putting in its opening statement for its results? It's an insurance company. Why are you talking about 122 bots? I'm not saying it's pathetic, I but I say it's no. misplaced. Uh, RCL Foods yeah. was a moment ago mm. up around about 13%. My 15-minute delayed screen shows it up 9%. Uh, this is a company that uh, makes chickens and, and sugar, and both of those sectors under pressure. But it's done, <laughs> but it's done very well those, today. <laughs> those are the two worst companies, I mean, two worst industries that you can ever be involved with, right. sugar and chickens. Mm. You know, um, <laughs> You avoid it at all costs because uh, there's always issues. Either those birds fly around the, the world, you know, they come in from all kinds of areas. Not on their own, obviously, but you know. Yeah, what I mean. I know. But you know what I mean. And yes. sugar, the same thing. You know, there's. You just have to throw a few seeds, and boy, sugar cane uh, grows. So they're very, very <laughs> difficult industries to to manage or to ever make money with. The only time is you ever you only make money is when those industries are totally bombed out and uh, you know have some form of uh, uh, recovery, but extremely difficult. You know, unlike unlike other commodities like platinum, it's finite. You know, there's so much in the ground that was that was established billions and billions of years ago when the world was a fireball or however it was formed. You know, whereas uh, chickens you can grow all the time or breed all the time and same with sugarcane. Just, uh, but but uh, I, I think the share is just bouncing because uh, it's been absolutely hammered recently and uh, mm -hmm. maybe the result was slightly better than the market expected. I looked at it and I thought this is pretty a lousy number, mm. but uh, market obviously those with greater understanding of it felt that it was slightly better than they were expecting. It's also a volatile stock because of the very small free float. But anyway, the this is a Rembrandt company, you know. I mean, this yes. is uh, you know this is part of that stable. It came out of Rainbow Chickens, and I think TSB. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember the. They, they for years they had a, a you know the sugar businesses. Uh, within the Rembrandt stable and uh, listed it, you know, kind of backward listed into Rainbow Chickens, which gave you this new food company, RCL. Okay, let's go on to Bidvest now, which is something you understand a little bit more. Obviously, this is the South mm. African operation of the old Bidvest group, and now we've got Bidcorp, which plies its trade o overseas more. But uh, the share price doing nice and steady. This is a sort of company that I would characterize as steady, not boring, yeah. but steady. Yeah. Great management, yeah. great balance sheet, great history, mm. good management, all that sort of mm. thing, great management. Mm. And here it is, up nearly 3% as we pre-record this podcast. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's the best you can describe. Very solid management, 
in a very difficult environment. Remember, they were a service company, and uh, to a large extent, there's a number of different divisions to the company. You know, they run the motor side under a bit of pressure. Some of the areas in which they operate have uh, struggling a bit, like the elect- you know, electrical side, which relies on infrastructural development or building. So, you know, there, there are a couple of areas which are very difficult. And the other, the other warriors, you know, I always think if you've got a serving, if, if you're paying service fees, you know, those are the first things that you start to cut back on. Um, if you've got someone to kind of change the toilet paper and, you know, and clean mm. the toilets kind of thing, you start to, if, if a company is under pressure, you say, well, we'll find someone maybe internally to do that. So it is, uh, service can come under pressure when the economy is, you know, down. Um, they also brought in, uh, Adcock Ingram for the first time, or they are bringing it in, uh, as a subsidiary. Um, having bought that, I think, uh, and wanting to sell it, I think they're finding that it's best that they try and, uh, you know, build it up. So I, I've got big respect for, um, you know, first it was for Joffy and now Lindsay Ralphs, who's taken over. Very, very Fine solid name. operators. Uh, mm. Lindsay. Mm. Yes, yes, it's a very good mm. name, yes. But they're around the corner from us here. Mm. They live in Melrose Arch, but uh, that together with Bitcore, I think both, you know, in, in, an, in an environment where you're struggling to find anything and you're looking for a local business, uh, you won't go wrong with Bitvest. They're in your portfolio, aren't they, both of them? I've got both of them. I've had them for many years, yeah. I like probably at this stage Bitcore slightly better because of its offshore exposure and, you know, it's got a much broader reach. I've been waiting and I think Lindsay's holding off a bit. I would have thought, and this is, you know, this is what, uh, I would have thought that they would have started to embark maybe going outside of their borders in areas in which they're quite good. Uh, they've always been on the logistics side or on the shipping side. And I would have thought they would have looked maybe internationally for something. But they're the kind of people who are not going to do a deal for the sake of doing a deal. Yeah. You know, they've done a few little bolt-on acquisitions. But, um, um, yeah, I can't, can't fault them. Okay, let's have a look at Sun International now. If you go to strictlybusinesspodcast.com or shareknit.co.za, you'll hear an interview I conducted at 9.45 a.m. this morning with a chap called Anthony Leeming, who's the CEO of Sun International. Mm. And what I like Mm. about this this company and under the stewardship of Anthony is that despite the fact that Latin America, the two big economies that they're doing business in, uh, Chile and Peru, gone through tough times, as we all have, and also South Africa, under extreme pressure, they never sit still. They're acquiring, they're conducting corporate activity for, so that when the times do turn around again, the economic times, that is, and people have money to spend for, for gambling and, and staying in hotels and things, then they're ready yep. for it. And the share price yeah, this morning, when I spoke to him, it was up about 1%, and at one stage up 10% today, now 9% higher. I, it, it's interesting that the market has responded as positively as it has. Um, I think what you say is correct. The difficulty is that we always believed that um, that gambling or gaming was bulletproof or um, defensive, not so defensive. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Not so. I think people do hold back. But Lindsay, what you're saying, they have to do what you're doing. They have to keep all their the hospitality side fresh. You know, it's always got to be. Uh, updated, upgraded. You've got to keep reinvesting in in uh, the machines. You know, particularly on the gaming side, you can never because people get bored. 
So it is a high intensive, a high capital intensive business uh, in order to keep people coming, uh, you know, to, to the casinos and that. But it's, it's pretty, pretty flat. I, I think they also Times Square is, uh, you know, a lot rested on this. And it's uh, done I must well. admit, I haven't, got, it, it's doing okay. Remember, it's coming from a very low base. Yeah. But also you can't escape. You can't escape the, uh, you know, the, the economy. Uh, you can't escape. You can't suddenly expect, uh, you know, massive increases, um, right across the board in gaming. It's going to reflect what consumers have in their pockets. And, um, so, yeah, but, but listen, you know, we've got some very good management and I'm not, I'm not criticizing Anthony Leeming in any way at all. I'm just saying he's, the, these companies like Lindsay Ralph, like Anthony, are battling in extremely difficult and tight circumstances. Mm. Anything else you're seeing at the moment? I just saw, I just spoken to Liston Mainchies, our, our friend and an ex colleague of yours, and it's startling what's happened over the month of August because the gold index, I don't know what it was, I think it was up 29%, and over the year, 93.9%. It's extraordinary. When you've got the financials down 3.8%. Yeah, there's, there's some amazing, amazing performances over August. I, and it's all in gold. You know me and gold. I'm not a gold bull no, at not. all. But I'm, I want to tell you something that we have been, between gold and platinum, we have been seriously embarrassed on the local market because um, the kind of gains that we've seen. Look, this is an industry which is very difficult. It goes flying up and it comes flying down and it goes flying up and flying down, and it's very difficult to, to, to judge. I think what does come across, and credit to people like Pitfull Yun and uh, maybe even John Bickard, yes. you know, who've st- stood by their views and have uh, actually benefited from sticking around. Um, to be fair, the platinum miners and the gold miners, I think the shares – have run well ahead of the profits that they're actually making. So there's a lot of emotion in the in the actual share prices rather than in the profits that these businesses are making. So, um, but, but but the gamers they scoring goals. I'm not criticising them. They scoring goals. We not, mm. <laughs> and uh, that's how you win matches. So it's. But I want to tell you something that I picked up as well because I went through the numbers, and Impala, Harmony, Subbanya, all of these have done incredibly well. Uh, year to date, uh, Impala up 135%, Harmony up 120%. But Lindsay, you know what's interesting? I go down to BHP, Anglos and Glencore and nowhere near those kind of returns. Anglos for the year, year to date, and I'm not, don't give me last year, I'm just saying from the 1st of January, only up about 2% and yet they've got Kumba and they've got Angler Platts as two major subsidiaries. And I was a bit surprised that, that, that we haven't seen more, you know, in, in the Maybe their portfolio from, is, is so diversified. I mean, if you, if you catch yeah, a commodity yeah. run, uh, yeah. which includes, I mean, if you go to the mm. Platinum Group metal stocks, we can't call them Platinum stocks any, anymore. We have to call mm-hmm. them Platinum Group metal stocks. It's rhodium, uh, yeah, yeah. it's rhodium, palladium, and, and, and rhodium's and gone through the roof, Exactly. Eh? You know, mm, no, I'm saying that. So, um, you know, when we look at those businesses, you know, when we look at the, uh, the underlying businesses, um, you know, I'm surprised that with, with Kumba, you know, with the iron ore price having run and also platinum price, that they actually haven't kept pace. I thought there would be more emotion in, in Anglos, but admittedly they've got copper, 
They've got coal. They've got diamonds, which has been a little, you know, very, very disappointing. And maybe that's why. Maybe they ran ahead last year. And, uh, cause there's been a tremendous run in Anglo-American. Maybe it's last year, but I, I was just a little surprised when I looked at Billiton's numbers, Billiton's performance and Anglo's performance. Glencore's down. Now Glencore's in negative territory, um, against the kind of platinum and gold run that we've seen. Okay. I'm so going to look here again. Yeah. Go on then. Have a Sorry. Look. Just, uh, no, 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 no. I'm just doing year to date. I've got this chart here. Yeah. It's funny enough, like Sassel, year to date, minus 36%. South 32, year to date, minus 20%. Uh, Anglo-American, correctly, up 1.8%. Then at the top, we've got those that I mentioned to you. So uh, it, 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 it's quite extraordinary to see that kind of performance uh, that we've seen in the gold and platinum shares. And, and I sat here with like a deer in the headlights, you know. I'm worried about Sassel. You, you, you mentioned Sassel, yeah. down 6% today, and it flattered to deceive. I think it went out on a sort of an investment, investor rather, mm. appeasement roadshow or mm. conference calls or whatever these people do these days. And suddenly today it's down 6%. It was 286 yeah. a couple of days ago. It's now 271. Mm. And there's something fundamentally wrong there. Mm. And I think mm. people have not found them out, but they're just suddenly saying, no, there's a whiff of, not scandal, but a, a whiff of trouble there so we're going to yeah, stand aside right. and the the flood of buying right. has gone yeah i think wait for the numbers to come through so you can actually break up and see you know how they how they made up uh but i agree with you when when it's not when it's performing like this you've got to be cautious you don't need to try and find the bottom you know mm. rather be satisfied that things are have have been repaired and things are starting to look up and, uh, you know, what had to be written off is written off and the, and the kind of management's in place that can actually, uh, you know, grow earnings. So I agree with you. Just stay, stay back for the meantime. You don't have to get in now. I'd love to talk about Arsenal versus Tottenham, the North London yeah. derby, which was last night, which was the best game I've seen this season. Mm. But unfortunately, um, I haven't got time to do that. And the reason I haven't got time to do it is because something upset me today, and I think it's upset a lot of people, and it's been trending over Twitter. And the headline is as follows, or rather the first couple of paragraphs go as follows. And this is from IOL. It says here, a 42-year-old man has been charged with the alleged rape and murder of UCT student, a UCT student, as well as defeating the ends of justice. The Clarence Post Office employee, where first-year film and media studies student was last seen around lunchtime on August the 24th, appeared in the Weinberg Magistrates Court on Monday. Now, what happened was, just to put it into short form, is that this young lady beautiful 19-year-old student goes to collect a parcel and the chap says, no, come back later because our lights are off. And apparently the lights were off. She goes back there and it's noon on the 24th of August, broad daylight in an affluent suburb of Cape Town and she was raped. She fought back and she was smashed on the head with a post office scale. The chap then disposed of her body in a suburb, wherever it was, and that was the end of it. A 19-year-old university student, which is the, who was, rather, the future of South Africa, was just snuffed out, just like that, just because oh. of some man's base 
desires. Desires, right? yeah. And mm. the thing that really annoys me, I mean, this is a familiar story across the country. It's, it's not unique. What's unique is that it was in a post office next to a police station in an affluent Cape Town suburb, which is just mind-boggling, right. is that the South African post office have blood on their hands because this man had a criminal record. And if there's no. 28% unemployment in this country, couldn't they find one of the tens of thousands of honest, decent South Africans desperate for a job, but they employ a no. criminal? It's disgusting. No. And it's well, sad you know, it, 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 It's very sad. And it's, it's really uh, symptomatic of, of, of the crime rates in this country. I think what makes our front pages, in fact, I don't even think these things make the front pages. They're probably on page three or four. In any other country, there'd be outrage. Mm. And it happens all the time. I mentioned to you when you told me about this, of a young girl that was snatched this morning in Funder Bale Park out of her mother's arms and held up for ransom for two million. They don't know where she is. And uh, the problem is that you haven't got the kind of police you know, our police services are not that they can actually solve this murder. Well, in the other murder, we know it's there. But how come you have a post office with only one worker where this person is able to do what he did? You know, there doesn't seem to be any kind of controlled cameras, whatever it is. There's just no safe, safety mechanism there to protect, um, you know, to protect people. I just, I, for me, it's our soft underbelly. You know, we will never become a great nation. We will never become a nation until we address that one factor. To me, it's the one thing that is scaring people out of this country and will scare investors. Until it's safe to walk the streets, Lindsay, forget about it. And You can have all the plans. You can have NHI. You can have development plans. You can have Tito Mbaweni going on. People do not feel safe in the streets. They will never, ever invest in this place. Greg Davies sent me a, a message after I tweeted about the tragedy in Claremont. It says here, tears flow as family members of Salbro Auto hopelessly walk through their car dealership which has been burnt to the ground. And the headline is, this is in the Sowetan, and go, please go to it because it's another South African story which, which, which saddens me. I'm ashamed to be a South African shop owner after Jeppy violence. There was just a mob just went through looting. Mm. This is in Johannesburg. This was in Johannesburg, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Right to the Sowetan, yeah. Mm. About two kilometres from the busy streets of Jeppe Police Station, several car yeah. dealership and yeah. shop owners in Malvern, mm. Johannesburg, mm. pick up the pieces after protesters ran rampant in the yeah. area on Sunday. Mm. To mm. what end? Why? Why are you doing no, it? Nothing. I don't know. There's, there's this destructive element. The problem is that there's no... If you look in Hong Kong, and I mean, look at the protests, admittedly, they're turning slightly violent. Yes. But there's no, there's no burning of buses. There's no destruction of other people's property. You know, they're trying to make a peaceful protest. Yes, they're getting a little violent here, but the police, have, uh, first of all, are in control. But there's no, they're not burning down Hong Kong. You know, and they're different. There's no deaths. There's been no injuries, or if, if anything minor, I don't know, someone running away maybe slips. But um, and, and, and that's the difference when there's a when there's protest here in South Africa or violent protest, it's it's just destruction. Anybody in their path and they become they loot. It's just awful. It's just mm. absolutely awful. And it's really I you know I say this in the strongest words. Uh, it's the one thing that will scare people away and keep um, you know forcing the skills out of the country. It's going to be violence. It's going to be uh, crime. Nothing else. 
David, on that somber note, we'll leave it. Uh, thank you very much for your time this evening. Pleasure. Shapiro will with David Shapiro from Sasser and Securities. He'll be back on the five o'clock shadow tomorrow evening with Greg Davies. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.